Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Does anyone actually know what's going on here? I literally have no idea. Help. We're 20 Whatever. Hi. Hey. Hello, and welcome back to 20 Whatever. Today, we're going to be talking about something a little serious. We're going to be talking about mental health as an adult in our 20s. And I think we're going to be chatting a lot about some serious things between the three of us. But honestly, all things that we want to talk about and I feel like should, should be talking about, it's really important. And I feel like there's there's a lack of true honesty when it comes to mental health that we kind of maybe ignore or sweep under the rug or think that like everyone deals with, which obviously people do deal with mental health issues. But I think we're going to do our best to be open and candid about this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And I think one of the things I love about this podcast and also like our friendship offline is I feel like we can have a laugh, have a goof. We can be (laughs) silly and, you know, over the top together. And we also have those real conversations Mm -hmm. and can be really candid and honest with each other and open up and support each other and have those emotional conversations and not feel judged. And I like love and appreciate that so much about you guys. And I feel so seen when we have this these conversations. And now it's just like, okay, we're bringing it online, which can be scary to open up about this stuff. To anyone, even just a friend can be scary, but then to open up to it online, like, I feel like I get nervous about it every time. Yeah. Every time I talk about it. I, I can't lie. I am really nervous about it currently in this present state um, because I, I feel like personally, I definitely put off that I am unfazed by seemingly everything. Because it's way easier for me to do that than to actually acknowledge the things that I'm really not fine with or like not scared of. But I know that this is going to be good. Me stalling. You guys know this. But I stalled for probably 20 minutes before filming this because I was just like, let's just mess around because I don't want to talk about anything. But I know that it's going to be good. And I know that I personally, selfishly, I know that I need this because I've been like, keeping a lot of shit to myself and I know this is going to be helpful and when you were talking about like just now I was like starting to tear up Mm. like I'm like I'm so on the brink of like losing it 
Yeah. That I'm like, I don't even want to. See, I think there is a part of you that needs these conversations because as much as you are nervous, this was your podcast idea. I know, I know. And you, I think somewhere deep inside. (laughs) Like needed. It's you pitching it. I know. You're like, so let's do an episode on mental health. Fuck, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Says it, regrets immediately. It immediately. Regret. Yeah, immediate regret. But I always feel like super connected with people that I see online talk about stuff like that. And like I, and it's not like we don't know that everyone's dealing with something. Like we we know that at this point now. But it becomes so real because, like you said, it's hard to talk to your friends about it because that is like that could be immediate judgment. Right. Yeah. But on the internet, you're like, well, these people don't really know me and they don't really know the situation. So like they could say stuff, but you're also like, I don't have to see you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't have to talk about this again with you if I don't want to. You are in control of the I'm narrative. In control, exactly. But like talking yeah. to a friend, you're like, they could follow up. Yeah. <laughs> right. They no. can ask me some questions that I don't want to answer. Yeah. In, in a week, you're like, in hey, a week, you're like, oh, I'm shit. like, oh, fuck, I forgot. I already told you about my deepest, darkest secrets. <laughs> but also at the same time, I recognize that and sometimes I agree, but sometimes maybe it's because you don't even want to acknowledge it yourself. You know, like, like, like if I have to tell you about it, that means I have to at least collect myself and think about what happens and prepping for this podcast. I'm not going to lie. I did cry. I was at the laptop and I messaged Ryan and I was like, prepping for this call or prepping for this episode, like with tears in my eyes and just, yeah. I was hesitant for it because I knew that I would have to address what I'm feeling rather than just like blocking it and being like, yeah. oh, mental health. It's great. What do you mean? It's the dog in the fire, in the house <laughs> yeah. on fire. This is it's fine. fine. I'm, I'm fine. fine. It's good. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think that there's also an element of yourself having to acknowledge, acknowledge the situation. Just, and even yeah. saying it, yeah. you're like, okay, God, now it has weight. Now it means something. Right. I, I have now let this exit my mouth. Mm-hmm. Enter somebody else's ears. <laughs> now, now I've I've said it. Mm-hmm. That's why therapy to... is so valuable. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. Is there someone absolutely. probing you and asking those questions where yep. then you have to think through and talk about it? Yeah. And then it comes out your mouth and you're like, oh my God, wait, that's actually how I feel. Yeah. It is how I feel. Oh my God. But when it's just in your brain, it's easy to ignore. Absolutely. Until it gets to the point that you cannot yeah. ignore it, which is how I was with my mental health for so long. It's like, Fine. I'm, I'm fine. great. What are you talking about? And then it would build and build and build and get to the point where there is a literally no way I can ignore it. Yeah. Which isn't healthy. So working on that. Right. But this is, I feel like this is a great step to acknowledge the things that are going on personally. Okay. Let me try that again. This is a great step for me <laughs> <laughs> because I already have a really hard time being, not being vulnerable, but being truly truly honest about the things that i think about the things that i feel like i can talk to you about anything generally but when it comes to like stuff like this i'm like oh i'm fine it's vibes how are you vibes that's not even that's not even an answer that's not even real what is vibes couldn't tell you but that's my answer why are you feeling good vibes but then like probe a little bit and i'm like not okay sick so hopefully today you are ready for all of us <laughs> to just let it all out. I I I really feel like I want to be super honest 
and not because I'm like looking for answers, but I think this is just going to be really good for me personally to just like say the things just to say them. And that might be all I needed to do to begin with. Yeah. You know, it's just to like acknowledge it and say it out loud instead of just like harboring it and like keeping it inside. It is interesting that I feel like our generation is kind of the first one that has been given permission almost that it's okay to say those things and to acknowledge those things and to open up about those things. You know, even just how stigmatized like mental health treatment and therapy has been forever. Right. And how that is really just starting to change. The narrative mm-hmm. has changed. It yes. is. The fact yeah. that we can, you know, sit here and talk about this and, and be open and, and share those things, I think is a, is really powerful. Even like, look at the history, right? If every, if anyone ever said like, oh, I'm like struggling mentally, they're like, to the institution. Yes. Straight jacket. Like immediately, there's like kind of a part of it too where we are the generation that also like laughs about it. We're like, haha, mentally ill. Eh. But like also like actually like not doing well. Mm-hmm. But there's but like even before you couldn't even like haha about it. Yeah. But we are the generation now where it's like, yeah, we're all mentally ill, so it's like fine. But it's also like correct, yes, but maybe we, we should do we something. Should do something yeah. instead of like LOLing about it. You yeah. know? Just a simple <laughs> it, it got me thinking, just so simple. How are you doing? Oh, super good. How are you? Yep. That is yep. that is how it is. Yeah. I'm yeah. not no one's actually asking you how you're doing. I'm so good. I'm so good. Because to yeah. say, oh, well, I've been everyone's like, oh, oh, well, oh, 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 I actually oh. wasn't asking, actually. That's the problem. No one's really actually asking. They're just like, and that's just like it's the same thing as hi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, how you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm good. I feel like there's a difference between how are you doing and Okay, so how have you been doing? Mm-hmm. What's yeah. what's been going on with you? Like, yeah. I feel like there yeah. is kind of that different, just like cadence in the voice, and mm-hmm. yeah. when you have friends that kind of take it to that next yeah level, yeah, and family too, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you know, my, oh yeah. My family has been really wonderful over the past decade now, mm-hmm. over a decade since I had my initial menti health spiral, mm-hmm. menti b, menti b that kind of uh, <laughs> illuminated what was going on in my brain to yeah. my entire family, and yeah. they've been really. Wonderful and supportive of even now after so long checking in and and make sure I'm doing okay. And it really, really means a lot. Mm-hmm. I have a question. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I have no idea what you plan on sharing about this at all. But do you think that there's, like, is there a way to get your family to understand just your, your mental health as, as an individual without having to go through things? Like, I feel like I struggle with having my family understand that I'm like not really doing well but like I'm not being sent anywhere like it's not like something physical you can see or something drastic that's happening but like I'm telling you that I'm not really great and get like that support from them to like I don't know yeah I think there's a way to do it and I think I wish I had a perfect answer you know my experience which actually I've thought a lot about it and I think on this podcast I do want to share like more candidly than I ever have about like my hospitalization and um, just kind of trigger warning before we get into it, my suicide attempt, which I've never talked about online explicitly, like I've hinted to it. But I think for me, when that happened, like everyone in my family knew, like there was yeah. no, you know, there was no hiding it. And so it was just kind of like, whoa, I wish you had told us sooner. And I'm like, I didn't know how. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's exactly where I was. Of like, I don't, I didn't know how to just be like, hey, mom and dad, I think I'm not doing well, and I would like yeah. to do something about it before it gets so bad. Yeah. 
I don't I don't know. I think yeah. maybe just finding a way to insert that into conversations, maybe even by asking them, mm. especially at this age, like that might be harder for like when it happened to me, I was 15. Right. Um, But like asking them like candidly, how's your mental health been? You know, how are mm. you doing? You know, I I've been having a hard time and I wanted to see how you've been doing and kind of trying to open it up that way. Mm. Mm. Uh, me never. That's never crossed my mind. I'm like, my parents are fine. <laughs> but like them at me. Yeah. They're like, oh, she's fine. And like we were just talking about with the generational shift, all of yeah. our parents are from a generation where this was not you don't even normal. Talk about, mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't so talk about So they might not even have the words or the experience to right. share. Right, mm-hmm. right. And and maybe by you opening up that conversation, that can be a way for you guys to connect on that and for them to gain something from it too. Right. Or even for them to think on their own mental health if they've not even like pondered on it. Yeah, yeah Ex- exactly. And I would like to highlight on the fact that right there, even taking the moment to reflect on your mental health. And I know that that kind of might sound silly to some, like obviously you live inside your brain, so you should know that stuff. You're not well if you're not well, yeah. But, but I think about my experience and everyone else's experience where we're just like, you have to at least, I think with yourself, take a moment to realize that stuff because if not, you don't see it or know. I don't know. From my experience growing up, I was just go, 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 go. I didn't even have the moment to think of how my mental health is doing. Like, I'm great. I'm a happy kid. I've been told by everyone around me, all my friends, all my family, that I'm super happy and super positive. She doesn't cry. Back TBT, by the way, I didn't cry. Um, I used to not cry until I think I turned 16 or 17. Was I able to like actually cry? Mm. Because in my mind, I had made this persona of, Oh no, I'm, I'm just, a happy girl. I'm a happy, yeah. I'm a happy yeah. person and I don't cry. And if I'm sad, I will just push through it because I have a very I have a happy life. You know, the 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 script that's been yeah. read to you, but you're so happy. And I would catch myself, I think it started happening in college when life is real like you're really thinking and stuff's happening. And I was like having a bad day or something like that, as people do. And everyone's like, what's wrong? Like, what's happening? Or why aren't you happy? And even days when I just wanted to be chill, it was always like, what's wrong? Why aren't you ha- Why aren't mm-hmm. you like jumping up and down? Why I was going to you- say, you've like expressed to me how your positive persona has impacted your family. And when you mm. are not positive, they're like, well, Paloma's not doing the thing. So yeah, they're like, oh, Oh, in a mood. She, and I'm like, yeah, because I because I'm yeah. never upset yeah. or never feeling something right. or I felt I think I felt like I didn't have the permission to mm. feel sad or mm. to cry because Damn. I was the person who was happy. And it's right. your role to it's, keep everyone else happy. Right. And when you're not happy, well, then of course, they're not. Of course, be. they're not happy. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's a lot of pressure that's to put so on anyone, pressure. especially a child. Right. Yep. The eldest daughter. Ooh. It's an so episode good. We're on so that. Good. Let me just figure out it, and 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 I'm calculating yeah, yep. and I'm doing the thing. Yeah. And then after college happened, and honestly, the pandemic hit, and maybe mm-hmm. this pandemic was for a lot of people, where I was forced to literally yeah. sit still. I wasn't allowed mm-hmm. to go to rehearsal. I wasn't going to let a class. I was. I was forced to sit there and really think about how I'm feeling, and I'm like, I'm not doing well. I am actually really, really sad, and I think I've been feeling this for a long time, and I just didn't know. Or gave myself, allowed it to, because I was just like, you're happy. You're the happy girl. I'm the happy girl. Because right, we all know the, the happy girl. We know the complainer. You know, we know the girl that's always like unhappy and like pissed off and she's a bitch or whatever. We know all those people. And you're the happy girl. So 
<laughs> I felt like it's I could giving existential. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to tell like my mom or my dad or like someone just like, oh, I'm I'm like not doing well mentally. They'd be like, why? You're super happy but though. Look at you. You're laughing all the time. You're so right. happy. Since you were a little girl, you have always been so happy. Since you were little, that's who you are. And I'm God, like, right, why? but like I'm a human being who has other emotions. So. And I'm an adult now. I've lived yeah. life. And I think it's important <laughs> to remember that like mental health and personality, yes, they can be intertwined, but like you can be an upbeat, visibly happy, goofy, mm -hmm. you know, like class clown type of kid. Right. And be just absolutely having this huge storm in your brain yeah. on the inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't, I do think there's this stereotype of, right, Oh, like, you know, the, especially growing up, like, oh, yeah, you know, the kids who are struggling, like, you can tell, you can know. And mm -hmm. it's like, actually, no, a lot of the times you can't. And that, no. and I think a lot of the times the kids who seem happy on are the, the outside, ones struggling the most. And they, they go unnoticed yeah. and unchecked in on because no one's going to sit down and be like, hey, are, are you okay? Mm -hmm. Right. But it's a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's like the, the kids that like, are super, super happy or the ones that like you notice, and I, I don't know if you guys have noticed this with working with kids at all, but the ones that are like overly helpful or like overly like passionate about things and they're just like, hey guys, like blah, blah, blah. It, generally, obviously this is like very general, but like those are the ones that like don't really have guidance. Maybe if it's at home or at school or whatever, or they get overlooked or stuff like that because they're the ones that like, recognize the lack in their life and they're used to stepping up yes mm -hmm. yes i'm so used to being the positive yeah. person that i have put taken it upon myself that mm. if any situation or anything's going awry i just naturally by literally just instinct i'm like tr trying to say something or do something to fix it and it's like sometimes that's you just that's can't. The, well, you I mean, can't, it's really a people pleaser. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I think it's all this big, big ball of Paloma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is just trying to sort out yeah. um, other people's issues. Other people's issues. <laughs> I, we've had conversations where you're like, well, we, we just need to do this thing. And I'm like, we don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not for you to fix. This is not for me to fix. We can't. And you're like, right. But if I could just, I'm like, no, for <laughs> sure. Um, we can't fix this thing. Yeah. I know that you want to fix it. We can't. <laughs> and I appreciate you so much for it, but we can't fix it. Yeah. But obviously that comes with like the feeling that you, you're the happy one. You're the friendly one. You're the nice girl that always has a big smile on her face and is so happy laughing. And you're mm -hmm. like, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? Absolutely. I feel that in my bones. I know. Absolutely in my bones. And I'm unlearning that aggressively. I hope you all know. I'm I've, beating it into I've, her. I, yeah. I've, and I'm just Stop like, oh, being so relaxed. She's it's... like, you should be nicer. I'm like, no. Nah. <laughs> how about like, you be meaner? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how we really Yeah, that's kind of how it goes. We're bouncing each other out. That's good. That's good. <laughs> how do you feel like in adulthood, now being in your 20s, that tendency has changed at all? Realizing that it, has not helped me. I it, mm. it was just that step that where I was like, you can't people please. You can't help. You can't control other adults' emotions. The day I realized that I'm not responsible mm. for other adults' emotions, wow. I thought I was. I re I don't know yeah. who told me that or why I thought, but I really put adults and other people's feelings on me yeah. all the time. And I think that just goes to where 
we kind of give other people the benefit of the doubt, you know? It's like you all, you can mm, see, mm-hmm. you, because you know your own intentions. I'm like, I know where I stand. I know this. Right. But the other person, you're always like, oh, but they but they didn't know. But they, you're oh, trying but to this. see the best in them, but it's really just like the best in you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that just trying to balance out that, the grace between myself where I'm like, you can still love and provide and help and do all that stuff, but you have to let go a little bit. Mm-hmm. And ju- like literally well, just control telling myself, people. C- yeah, yeah, literally just understanding that information and always telling myself and taking moments of like, okay, okay, okay. It's just so ingrained in me. I, I, I didn't yeah. know. Do you think now you give yourself more permission to what, even when you're around other people, not be the upbeat, over the top person when you're not feeling it? Or do you still fall into that? I think I try not to. I I really, really try not to. But guilty, as soon as you said that, it was like I uh, recently we went to go visit my grandparents and I remember just like seeing the slowness and I and I all of a sudden stood up and was like, hey, grandma, this, this. And and, and I literally stood up and I didn't realize until Ryan, boy Ryan later was like, it was so interesting and so nice to see you and me getting applauded for what I did. He was like, it was so nice to see how you stood up and like, we're so involved in the party with every, he's like, you went to the cousins, you went to grandma, you went to papa, you went, you were just like trying to chat with everyone and you're the butterfly. I'm like, right. But I wasn't doing that because I wanted to. In that moment, right. I was just trying to make sure everything was going smoothly and right. everyone, everyone was, was having happy. a good time. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, dang it. So then when he yeah. said that, I was like, I didn't even realize, dang it, back to square one. So, Sierra, to answer your question, um, <laughs> you're aware of it. Yes. The That's awareness. The difference. The awareness. Yeah. Dude, I swear, awareness is like two-thirds of the battle. Dude, it's like the, ho- the biggest battle. You can't fix something that you're not even aware of needing to be fixed. Yep. You're like, there's the mountain. What if you didn't even see the mountain? How am That's I supposed it. to climb it? That's it. You may feel like you're at the base of the mountain, yeah. but at least you can see it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you're on it, and yeah. you're working, and you're moving. Mm-hmm. And- yeah. Yep. So would you say that that was like the first time that you really recognized your own actual mental health was, was the, with the people pleasing and going, wait, there's something going on here that I am hiding that is disconnected from the me that I'm showing mm-hmm. outward? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because it was very clear that everyone was wondering why I could not not just smile. Like, or <laughs> why, why I could just be chill. And I think that that moment I was like, wait, people think I can't just even, not even, I wasn't even sad. Like there were, the moment was when someone accused me of being upset or sad and I was simply just vibing. vibing. I was just being my like chill self. And then I realized, oh, oops, you forgot. You have resting bitch face. You need to smile all the time. Mm. Oops, my bad. You're right. There's, I, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. And I was like, wait a minute. Oh, my gosh. But like, why is that like a thing? And like, I have to, I have to be smiley because if not, you're upset. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it was mm-hmm. like a, co- a co-workers, just like normal people. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, these, this is not even your parents. This is like, Average people that you spend your time with and they think that this is out of average, which probably might seem weird if I'm always smiling and one day I come in not. They're like, what the heck's going on? And I'm like, oh, dang it. I think I might have overdone it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I think that that was the first time that I was like, oh, dang. And how old were you? I I really think that this was not until like 2020. Like, I know that that sounds insane. Wow. But it wasn't till like the pandemic. Like, I was like, how old were you in 2020? Like. 23 until the pandemic i was just go 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 i didn't i didn't think about my feelings i was just like where am i getting where am i going i'm just 100 i'm busy i i would wake up 
and go, go to like go right to bed. Like the schedule was jam packed. I didn't even have time to think about how I was feeling. Right. And that's probably the problem. You well, didn't I didn't have a moment to stop and think. Yeah. So in the pandemic, do you feel like it was so in your face you couldn't ignore it? Yep. You're like, oh crap, I can't be <laughs> yep. busy. I'm not around people all the time to just kind of entertain, entertain and turn on. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, what is going on with me? When right. do you think is the first time that happened for you? Well, I think I've always kind of struggled with it, but like knew I think as a kid, I knew that I really there was really nowhere for me to talk about it because it was mm-hmm. just met with like respectfully, it was just met with like, well, let's just pray about it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, for sure. Um, that's not actually what I need in this moment. Mm-hmm. But I knew I was gonna be met with that. And I'm like, I actually just like need something else. So I think I always knew, but I think I mentioned this before on the podcast. Like I went through this really like insane breakup in 2019 and I was like so depressed. And that was the first time I was like actively aware of how depressed I was. And I was like, oh, oh, this is like really not it. Like this is like a lot. And then I got over the breakup. Well, <laughs> was better. You moved forward. I moved yeah. forward. From the breakup. Yes. Um, and then 2020 happened. Mm. And, and how I, many months were in between those two? Eight or nine months in between. So I definitely was not over the breakup. And then entered into COVID era. And I, you know, we all dealt with that however we had to deal with that. But like, I was dealing with the depression of that breakup and also being completely isolated from everyone and like living with my parents. Love my parents. Love you. I know you're listening. Um, (laughs) That was not the place that I needed to be in Mm. mentally. And I was really struggling. And that's when like my anxiety started getting really bad because I don't think maybe I had anxiety growing up. I don't think I knew or even acknowledged it, but like it was present. Yeah. You probably didn't have a word for it. Mm -hmm. Probably not. I was just like, oh, I'm just like overwhelmed. You know, I'm just like, uh, you know, like life shit. Yeah. Like the teachers are like, oh, they're, what's, I'm trying to, and do the word that teachers always use like for kids that are just like, I don't know, like. Rowdy, I don't even know. I, I don't even know. I don't know, but like just easily overlooked, mm. and then I couldn't overlook it because I like you, like you just said to pee, like I, it was just right in my right there in my face. Wow! And I was like, oh, I have like a lot of anxiety about most things. Do you think that's your main m- struggle, your main battle with your mental health is anxiety? Absolutely. Yeah, a hundred percent. There, I avoid everything, e- anything that I know could even like bring out. A slight like, oop. I'm like, nope, not me. Yeah. Can't, won't. And I just like, I just like can't. And I get so worked up about things, but it it gets overlooked because I can talk about it. It doesn't come across as like it's not a physical thing. It's not like I shut down and I don't talk and I'm like in my room and I'm whatever. It's like I'll talk talk about things to death forever, and I get rowdy about it and I can joke about it and that's the whole thing. And then it and then we're done. So even I dismiss things that I really truly am struggling with because I'm like <laughs> mental health. <laughs> right. It's easy to dismiss. Yeah. And it's easy to dismiss when you portray it as like, oh, it's such a non-issue. I can joke about it. Yeah. Because yeah. then people are like, oh, well, then you're you're fine. You're fine. But that's my coping mechanism is to like laugh at everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Because life is funny. Sometimes mental health is funny. I love a good mental health show. I do too. I think it's funny. 
And I, in every time I'm like, I would rather laugh about this than like truly address it and like feel this. That's where I think it needs to be both, mm. right? You can still laugh about it and right. that can be a coping mechanism and you can have some sort of release and be like, okay, it's not, it's not that serious. It's okay. But that doesn't mean that you don't address it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should still address it. You should still take care of it. You should still go, ha, 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 that's funny. Okay, but actually I do need do to you need to like handle some this steps. right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you don't need to stop with the jokes. Right. The jokes. The jokes are good. The jokes are good. Bro, but I was also gonna, yeah. like- The, the jokes hit. Yeah. Trauma makes us funny. <laughs> yes. I'm so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Without I hate it, to say it, but like it does. It does. Because I think that's the other thing too, especially like being millennials- not me, I'm a Gen Zer, but you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> laughing about the state of the world is something that w- we grew up in. We've always done. We've mm-hmm. always done that. Laugh about the state of the world. It's literally crumbling around us. We're like, ha, ha, ha. It's so funny. Mental health, we're like, Dah. yeah. Got sent to the hospital. So hilarious. Let me tell you what I had to wear. Like, it's just because what? Be for real? Why? Then we're sad. I think also sometimes comedy can open the door to acknowledge and start that conversation, right? Because like we were talking about in generations before, they wouldn't even talk about it and acknowledge it. So sometimes laughing about it can open the door for those conversations. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that happening like with my friendships. Like we can, it also kind of relieves the tension. Like someone makes a joke about their mental health and it's like, oh, Oh, we're both mentally ill. Okay, yeah. cool. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, can yeah. talk about this. But then I think, you know, it also has to then say, that's not where it ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think we get comfortable in that spot to just like laugh about it. Like I acknowledged it. I said what I said. And I meant it. But like we laughed. So now I don't actually have to like, you don't have to be for real with me and like sit here and talk. You're like, that was the treat. Yeah, like don't ask, <laughs> don't, don't, don't ask me. Don't ask me for real what the tea is. Like, mm-hmm. let's just laugh about this joke that I That's thought like about. That's like a drive-by sharing. You're like, and by the way, I'm mentally ill. Bye. Bye. <laughs> topic. As yeah, like. literally. It's just like that. That's so funny. A drive-by. Drive-by share. That's so it's funny. It's just so much easier to do those little fix-its than yeah. to actually address the problem. Like, what, what yeah. were we just talking about? Like, shopping or trying? Oh, do anything. Just spending money so I can be happy for five seconds. <laughs> Literally me. What's the Tumblr? I bought a Stanley Cup, you guys. <laughs> okay, and I love it. Right? Is it great? I, I do it's love great. it. And it's green and it's cute. <laughs> I did buy it. Um, did I need to? No. Was I feeling down when I bought it? Yeah. Did I feel up when I bought it? Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. So it gave. Retail therapy is fuck. So boom. <laughs> it works. Hydration is good for your well-being. I, yes. You need the water. You I need d- the water. Simply. Yeah. And I feel like your other water bottle was breaking. So you did it, need. It, it, was, it was breaking. The water <laughs> bottle was breaking. I did need a new water bottle. I did. I did. <laughs> but this one brought me so much joy. It was falling apart at the seams. Like me. Oh, <laughs> 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 Next up. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Feeling silly. It's no, the millennial yeah. peace signs you all did <laughs> after it. Or just listening to the audio. They're all flashing peace signs every but, three But like that's so real. Just like. Don't it's so, like, it's call so us real. Oh, Jessica. The audio listeners need to know. They do. <laughs> or head over to YouTube. That's yeah. it. What a real conversation uh-huh. we are having right now. I would just like to no, I know. take a moment because yeah. this is heavy and I'm really, I can feel my brain really like feeling and sorting yeah. out all of these things. And I definitely feel less tense. I think I was definitely clinching my butthole for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, for and clenched. now I'm like, it's a little less clinched. It's a little, loose. it's a little looser. Good. Loosen up. Loosen it up. I have a, a lighthearted question for Sierra, actually. Okay. 
both me and my therapist would like to know, where did you get the term <laughs> menti B? Because I said it to her the other day in yes. session and she said, I'm so sorry. Can you walk me back what you said a minute? Did you just say menti B? And I said, yeah, menti B. And I realized in that moment that not everyone knew what that was and that I got it from you. <laughs> Please ex- what, explain what menti B is. Menti B is shorthand for mental breakdown. I don't know where I got that. I definitely didn't invent it. I definitely got it from somewhere. So I, I, I don't take credit for it, but I do say it quite a bit. And I think it's because it helps diffuse the tension. Yes. Right? If, if we're talking and someone's like, oh, like, how was your night last night? And I'm like, oh, it was like good, but like I had a mental breakdown. It's like, oh, oh, oh my God, what happened? Yeah. But if I bring out the millennial peace sign, I'm like, yeah, I had a little minty bee, but it's fine now. You're like, yeah, period. Yeah. Oh my God, me too. So what happened with you? Yeah, Yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's the same reason that I like to call my psychiatric stay a grippy sock vacation. (laughs) It makes it a grippy sock. The grippy sock vacation. (laughs) Bitch. Oh, the grippy sock. The grippy socks. I have a question. Yes. Now ask it. No, okay. ask it. I, I want to know. I have a question. Yes. So the grippy socks. The grippy socks. I understand what they're for. Yep. Why are there grips on the top? Great question. Don't, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I get the grips on the, bo- oh, but you know why? Because you can't. Because you can't turn them around. Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, no, the issue isn't that oh. you're going to like, Slide KYS out for like slide, slide across slide the floor. It's because the hospital. They, they don't give you shoes uh-huh. because oh. shoes have shoestrings mm. and they eliminate. Oh, right. Like they took the drawstring out of my pajama pants mm-hmm. when I was there. Like they really remove okay. everything that you could okay. to harm yourself. Right, right. And so you can't have shoes. So you're in socks, but it's you know a linoleum hospital floor, so right. you can't slippery. You slippery, so yeah. grippy socks. Right, but they do put the grips on the top. And that's gotta be because I, mine didn't have. Maybe they did. I don't think mine I, have I've grips seen, on the top. I've seen the grippy socks. I have and the they, purple ones. There's like a specific purple, burning purple that has grips on the top and the bottom. I always see them at the hospital. And I think it's because if there's not grips on the top, you can literally just put the sock up on upside down. But why? So you can't slide out of the hospital like I said. <laughs> or maybe People by accident start. and then you get out and you don't realize your sock's twisted and you slip. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, it's probably that's also that. Tea. Okay, it's you're right. probably more just they <laughs> don't want to. they are moved while walking or sleeping. Oh, oh okay. yes. Jaden yeah, just a, wrote that on the yes, iPad. Thank Thanks, you, Jaden. But yeah. That, I was just curious about the, yeah. the grips. <laughs> Ask away. I just, yeah. But like I said, like going into this episode, I I feel like I'm at a point where I want to talk about that and I want to share it and in hopes that it can help someone else because when I was in that situation where I did attempt to take my own life, I truly felt like not only is there no out now, but it will never get better. Like I will always be like this. And to an extent, I am. Mm -hmm. I am always going to struggle with bipolar disorder. And what I don't think I had the perspective to realize then when I felt like that was my only option was that the mental health itself will not change, right? Having bipolar disorder, the chemical imbalances that I have in my, in my brain will not go away, but I will learn ways to go on and I will learn ways to live a full and fulfilling life. Whether that be at different times in my life, it's been medication, it's been therapy, it's been just coping mechanisms, it's been lifestyle changes. And while, yes, maybe this will never go away, it's okay. And I will find a way to live a rich and full and fulfilling life with that. And that also, 
there are parts of who I am that I don't know if I could separate from my bipolar disorder. So while I could wish that away all day, I don't know if I would be the same person. And so I've kind of come to the realization that like, this is my cross to bear. This is my thing that I'm going to deal with my whole life. And I will figure out ways to get through it. It'll be better some days. It'll be worse some days. I'll go through seasons that make it harder, that make it easier. But there are so many options forward. And I think the reason I want to share about this candidly is for anyone who is going through this and feels like there is no way out, Mm -hmm. no solution. Wait, we've all heard it gets better. But it's like, I feel like a lot of the times we think of that of like, you'll be cured someday. And you like won't feel this at all. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's not always true. If you have a chemical imbalance, if you have, you know, something going on inside your body, inside your brain, you may deal with that forever, but it will be smaller because not that won't shrink, but everything will grow around it. Mm. Your relationships, your coping mechanisms, your life. Like I've gone through periods now where I am depressed, but I've never gotten to that point again because now I know and through therapy and through all these things that I've worked on and, and the personal growth that I've done that like I can move on mm. and move forward. And like, thank God. Thank God that that didn't work because <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I, I hate to think that that's where like my story would have ended. And like, I hate to think that there are people out there <laughs> watching this who think that there is no like next chapter for them when they truly are just at the beginning. And so if uh, if there's anything that I can share like through this episode, I really just want it to be that, that like, yeah, maybe it won't get better, quote unquote, but you will get better through it and you will move forward and you will build a, a life and a support system around you and what you're going through to go on. Thank you so much for sharing this, Sierra. <clears throat> I <clears throat> am moved. I'm going to start crying. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't relate, but to the extent that I felt the deep feelings, the scary feelings, it really means a lot to me personally that you, you know, share these things because I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a one. I don't have a lot of friends. Let's just, uh, but even in those, like, that's not something that's really talked about. Yeah. And like, maybe people don't deal with that and like, good for them. I I hope they don't. Mm-hmm. Right. I ho- really hope that that's not something any, any one of my friends are struggling with. But I do at times feel like, am I the only one like really actually thinking these things and feeling these things? I- am I really the only one? I can't be, right? Right. Right? And then it's like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And I'm not going to ask, hey, um, so, uh. How you feeling, really? Mm-hmm. Do you want to like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and you then, know. And then all of a sudden we're like, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh well, whoop. you know what I mean? It's like, but it's so necessary. Yeah. For uh, unfortunately, at your expense. Yeah. To share these things, because without without that, even I personally don't have a connection with somebody closely in my life that has dealt with the things that you've dealt with. You are that person to me. And that's another thing that I think I learned pretty soon after I 
got out of the hospital and kind of got back into my normal life, granted with a lot more therapy and checks and balances. Um, but I realized that I now was the person that people would come to because they knew I would get it. And especially with, you know, friends who didn't feel like they had anyone to talk to or like friends who were a little bit younger than me and maybe, you know, like were looking up to me as that person to feel like that they could come to me and talk about for me, I very quickly realized like there that is a bright side to this horrible thing that I'm going through before I really had the perspective to be like, it will get better and I will move on. Like right. and I was still in it. I was like, well, at least these people who my friends, my, you know, schoolmates, my uh, castmates and shows feel like they can come to me mm -hmm. and talk to me about that. And I even think about that now, like being a parent, like there are so many things that I was afraid of about parenting as someone who has a mental illness. I was literally going to ask you. It was that. A, a lot. And I've had a lot of like those real, I had like multiple breakdowns in pregnancy of like, am I going to pass this on to my child? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, that's a really scary thought. Mm -hmm. But because I've been through this, I now know that whether it be Grace or kids she's friends with or whoever else, that I will know what to look for and I will hopefully know what to do and maybe what to say if they're going through that. And that, you know, I will, I'm always going to be checking in, mm -hmm. you know, even if, if she's great and there's not, no mental health issues, I'm always going to be checking in just to make sure. And so to me, I'm like, you know what, that is one bright side of this that I want people to feel like I can be that person for them. I think, um, and we've talked about this recently, like the assumption that people aren't dealing with mental health issues is kind of strange to me yeah. because if you've ever been a child, which is everyone who's an adult, <laughs> you've experienced something that has altered the way you think about yourself, the way you think about the world, the way you think about others, whether that, that could be traumatic or not. But like, if you've ever been a kid, you've dealt with something most things out of your control that have upset you or have changed your life. And I think that's where maybe there's still a disconnect that I hope will be worked through in like the coming decades where now we are starting to acknowledge like people who have diagnosable mental health issues, right? Like me, I have bipolar disorder, someone who has an anxiety disorder. But what I think is still being swept under the rug is people who maybe have that but aren't diagnosed, whether that be for a lack of access, barriers, distrust in the medical system, or people who don't have that, but you can still struggle with anxiety and right. not have an anxiety disorder. Right. You can still be in a depressive state, struggle with depression, struggle with sadness without being clinically depressed. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the times we tell ourselves, oh, well, I'm not diagnosed i'm yeah. not like i don't have depression i'm just depressed that's still something that we should address and acknowledge yeah. and work on yeah so maybe if someone's you know struggling with anxiety and it's not frequent enough or disrupting their life enough that that would be a, a diagnosed anxiety disorder it doesn't mean that their feelings of anxiousness and anxiety aren't real yeah and shouldn't be addressed they do need to be addressed and we do need to work on it and talk about it and i think there's very much a need for everyone to yeah. talk about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think also that the part that gets dismissed as well is the, like, past the point of, like, the feelings. It's like, what are your thoughts? Yeah. What are you, like, literally saying to yourself? What yeah. are you thinking? What are your, like, everyday 
thoughts about XYZ situation or your everyday life, you're like, I don't feel sad. Yeah. But like, you've literally been like, if I could not be here, that'd be amazing. I'm like, okay, well, some people don't think that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so personally, for me, I didn't even, uh, uh, I wasn't even aware of the negative self talk that I had. I, I wasn't even aware of it. Yeah. I didn't even know that I was like looking at myself in the mirror in my head, being like, well, you look like shit walking away. Right. I wasn't clocking that. But right. then later on, now that I've tried to schedule those moments and like check ins with me, how am I feeling? I've, been able to notice and be like, well, you're not being very encouraging to yourself. Like, that's right. not how you would treat your friend. That's not how you would treat a loved one. Yeah. Why am I the exception? And I think that that. There it is. That yep. right that right there yep. is. Yep. I, I truly believe in my core to core that I'm the exception and I don't know why. I saw this teacher on TikTok who I follow talk about how when one of her students says something negative about themselves, she says, don't talk about my friend that way. Yep. That's that's what you need to do. Mm. Don't I, if you say something, I'm gonna be like, don't talk don't about talk my friend, my that, friend way. that way. And, and I'm gonna use that. And yep. what's so crazy is I tell that to you. I know. Yeah, you but do. I can't, but I can't do it for myself. Yeah. <laughs> Not the tears welling. God. Not damn. Paloma sobbing and throwing a thumbs up at the camera. Like, anyway, it's moving, good. I'm fine. The tears literally <laughs> just coming down. <laughs> okay, we had to break uh, real quick for the camera. And uh, we got tissues, which is good. Listen. Uh, the tears were flowing. The tears are flowing. Puffs, puffs plus lotion. You need to sponsor us because <laughs> the way we are sobbing, <laughs> snotting, and all of the above on here. And you can sit right here, right next yeah. to me. Puffs. Plus the lotion. The email is in the description. <laughs> <laughs> it is like crazy though. I don't know if you guys feel this way. Like I tell myself like going, I'm like, oh yeah, like I can talk about this stuff. Like it's been 12 years right. since my you know hospitalization right and then like it was like six months after that that i was diagnosed like i <laughs> it's so far gone and then it starts going and i'm like uh, yeah. yeah because that shit's I, fucking deep sorry I'm no so yeah. sorry. no as fuck i was gonna say something so similar and and like that moment those moments right you going you getting hospitalized and then you getting diagnosed change your life mm -hmm. forever for sure so of course you yeah. may be emotional about it now yeah i mean it not only like changed my life in terms of like saving my life mm -hmm. and like getting the checks and balances and support that i needed in place but it also very much just changed the path of my life i right. was a a sophomore in high school it was going into finals week of my winter break and i just had a I had been struggling for a long time, a long time privately because like P, I felt like I'm the happy one and I'm the class clown and I'm goofy and I'm funny and I'm not going to mess that up with whatever. For, for others. Yeah. That's I feel like that's the thing. You're like, I don't want other people's perception of me to change. Yes. Because they rely on me to be this way. And I had like one friend who I would like a guy friend who I would like kind of confide in a little bit and he would be like wow you should like look into that I'd be like, yeah, yeah. probably okay <laughs> anyway anyways yeah. yeah um but so that that happened the attempt the hospitalization and so that was in December and then you know it was five or six months later I think that I like got diagnosed after like a couple months of treatment and of regular appointments and therapy. Were and you back in school at this point? I did. I did go back to school. I was out of school for a week and I told my close friends and no one else. Mm. But I think 
I think some people maybe like word traveled. I don't know. It wasn't like something people really talked about in school, but I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I maybe got a maybe some of my teachers knew because I feel like I kind of got a little bit of special treatment when I came back. Uh. Like whenever I because I missed so much school for I would just find any reason to miss school because I was so depressed. Right. And so I was already someone who missed a lot of schools. My teacher gave my teachers gave me no like grace or wiggle room mm-hmm. and then i came back from that and they were like here's like your packet of work like you can come in and make up this test and i was like okay oh okay <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. do you know about my grippy sock vacation <laughs> right <laughs> but um right. so i was in school up until that uh summer i went back i did the rest of the semester or the new semester and then it was that summer that i decided not to go back and i moved to charter school um and that's when uh i I was already really good friends with Kenzie, but Kenzie also was going to charter school. So we became super close. I also met Skylar when I went to charter school. And those are like two of my closest friends. Mm -hmm. I also started working at the theater. Like I definitely just my life would be so incredibly different. Not only for the fact that I probably wouldn't be here, but for the fact that just my life trajectory was changed by saying, I need help and I need to prioritize my mental health. And honestly, it wasn't even me saying it. It was my parents. Mm. I don't even know how to ask this. Like, yeah. what, what were your parents like Dude, they before, were sh- during, and after? They were shocked. They, they, because to them, I was happy, yeah. over the top, you know, maybe a little off kilter emotionally. Right, but that's but, teenage girl shit. Yeah, and yeah. Exa- I think that's another it's thing that hit it, right? Shit. That's yeah. teenage girl stuff. And then I think they were just really, sh- they... I don't think they were that surprised about the bipolar diagnosis, but I think they were surprised about the depression. Because I think the bipolar really, once they learned about it, like checked out with like just me. Who, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But I think it was the the depression side of that that they they were like, oh yeah, the mania. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the depression side, they were like, we had no idea you were this bad. What? Why didn't you tell us? And I'm like. What do I say? Right. And I think that's where we really need to educate kids on how to start those conversations. Yeah. And I honestly feel like there should be, like we have uh, sex ed. Mental mental health. health Yeah. Yep. You know? But so, yeah, my parents were really surprised and then really, really on top of it after that. They were like, okay, you know, they made sure that I was getting all of my appointments booked. Um, If... At one point, I really didn't like my therapist, and they were like, cool, we'll help you find a new one. Like, they were really, really, really helpful. And I, after that, no longer suffered in silence. I would, because my mom told me, she was like, look, at any hour of the night, if you want me to come down and just hang out with you, so you don't have to be alone, if you want to talk, if you don't even want to talk, if you want, if you want me to just be there, like, please, like, I will do that. And so then I didn't get to that point anymore because I wasn't alone. And so I, it was hard at first to make that shift because I was so used to suffering in silence to just send the text and be like, hey, mom, I'm having a really hard time. She's right down there. And so like, bless my mom because she was, even though maybe she didn't get it, she got me. And that was huge. That is so beautiful. Shout out to Lori. We know you're an avid listener and lover. Yes. I'm not trying to, I don't want to put this person on blast, but there's someone in my life that struggles with bipolar disorder, but doesn't struggle with the depression side of things, but like struggles heavily with mania. And I know that their family does not understand and just is like, just go to the doctor, just take your medicine. Why can't you just? Yeah. And I'm like, me as an observer, like, 
obviously, if it was that easy to do the things, that they would just do, do it. it. They yeah. would just. They right. would just yeah. do it. And yeah. you were like making their mental illness, you were like weaponizing it against them. And yeah. they're the reason that they're not getting better. And they're the reason why this thing happens and this and this and this. And I, I wonder like, what is the correct, like I understand the frustration of it. For sure. Right? Like you're like, I'm trying to help you. I understand that you're mentally ill. But you I have to it. want to help yourself. Yes. And I get that. But what at what point, how can you help a person who was very clearly struggling? And they maybe they want to get better, but they're so deep in it that like it's like hard. Yeah. And I'm like looking at their family, I'm like, why aren't you guys having more compassion? Yeah. But also they're the ones dealing with it every day. That's been, I mean, I can't speak to write that person's experience or anyone else with bipolar disorder because it is so different. But for me personally, when I was a child, my mom very much took the, was steering the ship of my care. And when I became an adult, I had to take responsibility for making sure that I am not ignoring my mental health just because I'm in a pretty even keeled time. Because at any point, it could dip down, it could go up, I don't know. And so if I am pushing off the care because I feel like I'm fine right now, that is going to be to my own detriment later. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, I, and there was an adjustment period when I went from being 18 and my mom saying, okay, you have therapy on Thursday. And then after that, you're going to go to the psychologist and they're going to ask you questions about your medication and you know, make sure you're honest with them and tell you how, tell them how you've been feeling. Remember on Tuesday, you said da, 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 da. Like that was, my mom was so on top of it. Mm. But, and I'm sure she would have been happy to help me with that forever. Right. But that's not her responsibility. Right. And I needed to take responsibility for my own care. And she never asked me to do that. It was just something that I had to do, you know, and I needed to do. And it is still hard sometimes because I am always trying to find that balance with my family and with, you know, my partner and Steven of like, I want to be honest with them about, you know, where I'm at and what I'm doing and and what I need and and how I'm feeling. But I also don't want to put my own struggles on them. Because like you were saying with, you know, that person in your life, it becomes everyone's problem. Right. But also at the same time, you can't carry that load on your own. So I am constantly trying to find that line of like, this is not your responsibility, but I would like to open up to you about it. But it's my job to go and do the things to get better. Right. Well, in that way, too, I think you're acting as kind of a steward for your care. Because if you ever went, wow, I'm not strong enough or I can't steer the ship right now, you look at your co-captain or you look at your crew and go, Hey guys. Yep. Can any I'm going to go throw up overboard. Can anyone come grab the wheel for a minute? Because that's also in in saying you don't have the resources or wherewithal to do something you need to do for your care. You're still taking care of it by investing in community care. Yes. Mm. And that yeah, was me good. after my miscarriage. I could not help myself. Oh my god, that's the lowest I've ever been since, you know, when I was 15. It was awful and it was Steven who was like at first, it was like a subtle like, hey, I think we should, you should call a therapist and get back in therapy. And I'm like, yeah. A couple days later, he's like, here's some numbers of some therapists. Mm. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, can, can you put that on your to-do list to call today? You know? And like, it is not his responsibility. And he shouldn't be the one who's scheduling every appointment for me. Right. But you do need people in your life, like yeah. Jess said, 
who can steer the ship when you're throwing up overboard. Right. And that was me after my miscarriage. It was so bad. I could not help myself mm-hmm. at all. It was mm. just awful. And I don't know what I would have done without having Steven to be like, hey, this is bad. <laughs> you yeah. are really, really, really depressed. Like worse than I've ever seen it. And like, I want you to get better. But at the end of the day, like, I, you have to want to help yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You unfortunately do, even when you are struggling the most, you are still an active participant in your care and well-being. Yeah. Doesn't always feel like it. Yeah. But I digress. And it's hard when you have people in your life who you're watching and just wanting them to want to get better. But I also know what it's like to be in that point where it doesn't even feel worth it to try to get better. And not to mention our healthcare system here not accessible, so expensive. And even for someone like me who does have access and funds and, you know, financial stability to access it, those appointments are like three to four months out right? sometimes. So like when you're in a crisis and you're like, right. I need help. And it's like, yeah. would you like help in June? And you're <laughs> right. like, no, Bitch. I need help now. <laughs> Yeah. And that's, I know a lot of people like yeah. knock on like better help and like online therapy and stuff. But for me, genuinely, like in those times where I needed like crisis care, yeah, that's what I did. And that was great for me. And yeah. I think that like I made the therapy appointment for four months out, but I was like, I also need something now. Yeah. And there are crisis lines and crisis therapists that, you know, are out there, but it's freaking hard to find. Yeah. Mm. It's hard to find without accidentally getting yourself institutionalized right which i almost uh electively went to a a place to because i was like i don't want to do something to hurt myself Mm -hmm. like unlike when i was 15 and i saw no out i was like hey i know that there is an out right but right now i don't feel it and so i was able to get crisis therapy and you know open up to the people around me and get the support and i took like a whole month offline which was really important but I think it was important for me to acknowledge that that was an option, but it's sad that like I almost didn't see any other option than to like institutionalize myself because I was like, I don't want to hurt myself, but I feel like I can't get care any other way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like as a person who currently like probably maybe is fine. The peace mm, sign indicates otherwise. And (laughs) our, our, I, I know. I know you put on a hard yeah. front, but I know you've been going through it. Yeah. I just, I I have a hard time feeling like what I'm going through is worth bringing up, worth mentioning when there are people who are like genuinely like struggling. And I'm not saying that I'm not struggling, but it's like, this isn't that deep. This isn't that big of a deal. I don't need to make people worry. <laughs> Jess and I are both like, but it is. Well, it I is. was going to say what, let's be curious for a minute. like. Let's say it isn't and you bring it up. What's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to be wrong. You've been wrong before. You're going to be wrong again. If that's what you're going to be wrong about and attempt to like find what felt good for you. Right. Again, these are just words. I know it's it's a feeling and a process. Yeah. Yeah. And also like just because you like literally don't want to unalive yourself because of it doesn't mean that it's not affecting your life. Right. Right. Like like I said, right now I'm in a pretty good place, pretty stable place. I haven't had those thoughts and those feelings since. I had my miscarriage and was going through everything, which was compounded by the pandemic because that was like a couple weeks before the pandemic started. Even though I haven't been like that in a long time, I have decided that I need to be proactive 
about my mental health care because you don't know when it what if something happens in your life that is hard and difficult and traumatic and it makes that mental health which maybe now is like yeah, I'm managing it I'm fine tips it over the edge right you want to have already been doing the work and having those systems in place and having that support and I think that's been a huge we talked about this in the episode on learning in our 20s Mm. that mental health care is preventative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't yep. You don't have to wait until it gets so bad that you want to end it all to be like, maybe I should talk about this. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's also a lot of like, even being vulnerable and talking about it, a lot of shame about the coping skills that we currently have or have used mm. in mm-hmm. moments of not feeling ourselves struggling with things. It's something my therapist always has to remind me is like, you deserve to show compassion to that part of you because they developed for a reason. And it was at a time to keep you safe, yeah, to keep you whole, whatever it needed to do. Like it might be a maladaptive coping mechanism, but it was still a coping mechanism. And like, I know it's really quick to go in your head, oh, I know I shouldn't do that. And to feel bad and to then shame yourself. But you're the last person who needs your own shame in that moment. And no one learns from shame. That's simply not how it's done. So I think noticing those parts that come up in you and being able to thank her for what she did for you and go, you know, we, we have a new, a new, new little tool we're going to reach for together. That goes in parts work, but it's like, that's the part I still struggle with the most after being in like intense EMDR therapy for a really long time. And I still have a hard time showing myself compassion in the little moments. The big moments, I got it. Yeah. Right. The day to day. When you're training your brain how to think about yourself, that's where I trip and stumble. And it's hard not to get discouraged. And I know when you're dealing with those things, right? Like you were saying like, oh, I, but it's not that bad. Like other people have it worse. It's easy to rationalize it and like just think that it's normal. But also like imagine if you didn't have to feel like that. Right. Um, and right. there are things that can make it better. You know, whether it's medication, whether it's therapy, whether it's just coping mechanisms, like genuinely my life has been so much more fulfilling because of the things that I've learned and changed in therapy I think there's just like so many things in my life that I just like have not addressed on purpose and I'm just like I'm so scared to like open the box yeah yeah like I'm like I don't I don't have the spoons for this as Jess would say I don't Mm -hmm. have the spoons to deal with this I don't want to actually address it I don't want to deal with it but it affects me every day so I'm like either we're gonna talk about this or deal with this now or we're just gonna let it do what it's been doing for years and years and years and just let it well it becomes that unclimbable mountain and i'm gonna give you a really silly and shitty pita piece of pita (laughs) i'm gonna give you a really shitty and small piece of advice you're not gonna have control or energy in any day to ever climb that big of a mountain especially stuff you're gonna keep you know maybe not have time to deal with and stuff in the past because I feel this way where I'm like, this is just a problem I'm never going to solve because yeah. it is too big. And because I didn't have spoons then and I don't have spoons now, it's never getting fixed, which is like so daunting. Yeah. So taking those little moments where you do have control over you being like, wow, this is really heavy. I give myself permission tomorrow to not worry about any of this or I can't do anything about that. I'm going to go take a shower and I'm going to know in my soul and my heart that I did that for my nervous system and for me. Because it's those small little steps that let you climb the mountain. You cannot just like Hulk strength it out, climb up the mountain. No one is expecting you to. And even if you have that feeling like, I can't solve this. I'll never solve this. What's the point of even talking about it? Maybe you won't solve it, but maybe you'll learn how to move through it. Right? And, And that like 
those things are a part of you and it doesn't have to be one or the other. Either solve it or never address it. Like even just addressing it, talking about it, especially if you can with a therapist, having someone to kind of guide you through that conversation is so helpful. And I don't know if you felt this too, but I feel a lot of guilt opening up to people in my life because I don't want to put that on them. Mm -hmm. And it's really nice when there's a therapist who not only is trained in and experienced in helping guide you through those conversations, but you're paying them to be there. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're not you're not an inconvenience yeah. on their day. This is their job. Yeah. This is the field they chose. This is what they want to do with their life. Right. And they are there to help guide you through it. Yeah. And I think as hard as it can be to open those boxes because it feels like it's easier to push it down, you will be happier, more fulfilled, better off, better at self-regulating when you open that lid a little bit and let people see what's inside. Yeah. And let yourself see what's inside. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that – yeah. That's what I, I don't tell know you. What's I don't in there. Look and I'm at like, you. I'm not looking. <laughs> you look. I'm not looking. I definitely. She's like, no, Pete, you look. <laughs> I definitely I'm like, am. I'm not a licensed therapist. It's time. It's time to go back to therapy. I did have, I, I was in therapy for some time after COVID, like 2021 after COVID, LOL. No. Yeah. Um, in 2021. And that was really helpful. But I mean, life, healthcare, yeah. it's expensive. And it's just like, there's, it's just a lot. And, I stopped, but I knew I was like, I can't stop forever. I like knew in that moment when I was like, I can't go back because I can't afford it right now. But I know that like we have to, this has to come back at some point. Like I know it does. And it's just giving that it now is the time. And there may be things in your life that you feel like, oh, this box that I'm opening up, this is disconnected from the mental health issues I'm having now. Right. A lot of the times those things are connected and we don't even realize it. Yeah. Proud of you. Yeah. Thanks. Ryan All is giving us. thumbs up yeah. and peace signs to the camera. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> As I was prepping for this um, and texting Ryan, like I'm literally in yeah. tears prepping for this right now. It really hit me and hurt me the most when I realized I wasn't alone. I was like, damn it. I'm not the only one that feels like this. And there's literally people that feel worse. Yeah. Shit. I want to give everyone the biggest fucking hug ever because... How is it that we, like, all, I mean, I have not spoken to one person that I know that has not been like, I'm not okay, or I don't, like, just, yeah. we are all feeling this way, and it's so crazy how it's not talked about, and honestly, I'm so happy we're having this, because just hearing from the two of you today, I'm inspired. I love you both. I love you guys. So much. And I'm so sorry that we have had to feel this way. I love you so much. And I think a lot of the times with women, mental health issues are kind of batted away as like hysteria, dramatics. Right. But it's very real. And I think on the other side with men, it's batted away as like, shove it down, be a, a yeah. real man. Oh, sissy I feel shit. so bad for men. Oh my God, Sierra. Oh. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> because they are so like they I'm like, you guys do this to each other where you tell each other yeah, you can't even, did this. Like you and at least the three of us are here crying each other and helping each other, but sometimes boys are literally like, Why are you crying? Like they like don't yeah. even allow each other to do this. Yeah. And I, I feel so sad for them. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And I'm like so so grateful for you guys to have people in my life who I feel like 
genuinely care and check in on me. And like, I don't know, it's like, it's the little things of like, yeah, maybe we'll like joke about it, but like, (laughs) we all know that like, we are here for each other at any point. We could call each other up and talk about it. And I think it's so important and valuable to have people in your life like that. But you can't get to that point in those friendships if you don't open it up a little bit. Yep. Well, thank you guys for not only sharing on this episode and, you know, being so candid and honest, but also just like being such wonderful, open, loving, accepting people in my life. And I can only hope that like for everyone watching this, that they have someone in their life that they feel like they can reach out to for those things. And if there's anything that you take away from this episode, I hope it is that if you are struggling, um, there are people who want to help you, whether it's friends, whether it's family, whether it's, you know, um, like a role model in your life, someone you look up to or a therapist um, or someone, you know, a medical, someone in your medical care team. There are people who love and care about you and want to see you get better. And um, we love and care about you. And I hope you can go away from this episode knowing that, A, you're not alone. B, there is help for you if you need it. And C, you will, whatever you're going through right now, there are ways to get through it. Maybe not past it, right? But through it. And I am rooting for you. Yes. And we love you. And we love you. I want to thank you. As I mean, you shared so much, um, some heavy shit, and I like, I applaud you for that. Like, because you don't have to, you never have to, and the thank fact you. that you did is like is amazing. And I and I hope. I mean, just for me personally, and I I feel like for you as well. Like, this has been an eye opening conversation and a conversation that I do not take lightly, and I want to remember because. Unfortunately, I do feel a bit lost in all of it. And I'm like, how about, you know, at times? And it's like, who can I talk to? And I know that you can speak life into me. (laughs) No. I love you so much. I love you too. (laughs) Nope, we were done crying. But I do. I love you so much. And I I just want the world for both of you guys. And like, it's... You know, exactly that. Don't talk about my friend that way. Yeah. Right. You know, don't treat my friend that way. Yeah. Yeah. I just love you guys. And I'm so appreciative of you for making this a safe space where I feel like I can share that because I don't know why. I've never felt comfortable to share about that before. And all of a sudden I do. But here we are and the cameras are cutting. So this is where we're going to end things. If you have anything that you would like to share in the comments that has helped you with your mental health journey. Would love to hear that. And yeah, thank you for watching. Thank well, you. We love you guys so much and we appreciate you endlessly every day. And we can't wait to see you next week. We love you guys. Love you guys. Love Bye. You guys. Bye. Bye.